And we're live. Welcome, everybody. Happy that you can join us for this, which is our 10th now free webinar in the 2020 Smart Building Series. Uh, and today we're talking about the digital toolkit for tomorrow's workplace leaders. So let me start off uh, by kind of just setting the scene for you guys. You're going to be hearing a bit more from me today. Um, the responsibilities of corporate real estate management is evolving and it's encompassing a broader scope than ever before. And that means more emphasis being placed on uh, occupant health, well-being, and of course, especially uh, in the current climate that we find ourselves in. So the role of corporate real estate management is being elevated to meet these new workplace demands and navigate a more complex work environment. And management are now expected to be involved in a range of tasks all the way from IT to facilities management through to HR and employee satisfaction. So today what we're talking about is a white paper that we've jointly uh, made with Lockerty. Uh, and it's, it's meant to be a guide to the metrics and software tools available for data-driven workplace management within this landscape. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're going to discuss today. Um, and if you haven't already uh, downloaded the white paper, of course, um, I strongly recommend that you do. Um, and I've put a link to that in the chat function here uh, on Zoom. So if you haven't already, please go and download that. It can be a useful guide during this webinar, but also going forward as well. So let me bring up the next slide. And really today, um, our agenda is, first of all, to talk about this kind of new expanded role for CRE management, and then some of the content from this white paper. So talking about uh, the metrics wheel that we developed, um, digital toolkit map as well, and how to prioritize software um, in CRE management. And as always, we've left plenty of time at the end for Q&A. Uh, and of course, we'd welcome any questions. Best way to do that is going to be in the uh, Q&A uh, box. Um, better ideally that rather than the chat function, if that's okay. And of course, yes, we are recording this session and it will be made available uh, through the usual channels. So that will be on our YouTube. Um, also exposes a podcast so that will be you can find that also on Spotify or iTunes and I think actually even now on Google um, podcasts as well uh, you can subscribe on on any of those as well so there'll be much more content coming your way so let me now um, before I go into a bit more about digital transformation how about I introduce you to Sabine from Lockerty. Hi, hi Sabine, thanks for being patient. Hi James. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Excellent. thank you. Looking forward to having this discussion with you today. Likewise. Yeah, do you wanna tell us a little bit about your work at um, Lockerty? Sure, um, so um, maybe for those who don't know it, Lockerty um, is providing a workplace analytics platform um, where we visualize utilization data that has been measured utilizing um, companies networks mostly so the existing lawn and wi-fi networks so that's what locity does um, i've been working there for two years um, i started in customer support um, and now i've moved on to this new role um, thought leadership and research manager and I actually started with Lokati as I myself have been a corporate real estate manager. I worked for Siemens Real Estate, um, more on the operational side of things, and then moved on to become um, real estate manager for the European portfolio at Adidas. Great. So that's a bit about my background. Yeah, awesome. And we are going to be discussing that a little bit, because I think it's important during this conversation to put things in a bit of context. And with your experience, I know you're going to be able to do that. So that's fantastic. So I'm going to kick things off just quickly and talk about um, digital transformation in corporate real estate. I mean, obviously, this is something we at Memory have been 
really focused on of course we we track all the what's happening with um with technology in the built environment i think building occupants now especially within you know corporate real estate are really coming to expect a more digital consumer like experience um when you know they interact with their buildings we're definitely seeing that come out in our research and fundamentally there will be a further acceleration in digital transformation through greater automation of portfolio operations through the IoT and and that's been a big uh, you know part of our work for the last few years looking at that and how companies can make more informed data driven decisions about uh, their portfolio of buildings of course why why are we doing this well companies are looking to reduce of course costs associated with their real estate assets and also move beyond just reactive building management and towards uh, you know business processes that are data driven backed up with real data so management has an important role to play here of course and leading and supporting data driven workplace transformation and that's through KPIs and metrics which provide ongoing insight and future trends in the usage and impact of corporate real estate so i think what you you'll get a flavor from today with our white papers that's really a core of it looking at KPIs and me- and how to measure those um, and that's what we're we're going to go through so I'm going to get going now with the first slide, which is a little bit of a description of, um, as we said, this new role of the corporate real estate manager. And it's becoming, of course, more strategic as occupiers look to optimize their workplaces. So the range of options that promote flexibility uh, grows. Corporate real estate and facilities executives need to gain the ear. of business unit leaders and those that occupy the C-suite elevating the practice to a more proactive position in the corporation's use of its space and the increasing importance of real estate data and the capability to provide real-time insights from it has meant that some corporate real estate service departments are reorganizing to manage their data and knowledge management activities centrally um and this can be supported on a site or regional based um uh, uh through a regional based team so for one example uh for the white paper uh we did some interviews and one of the respondents commented that his role has recently been extended to a global centralized function so that's encompassing knowledge and data management strategies for corporate real estate facilities management and engineering and the reason is data has become more important more and more important to manage centrally and in a virtual way so i think you know my first question to be is is really is that something that resonates with you that experience there from one of our interviews and you know maybe you can elaborate a bit on some of the experiences you had yeah sure so um yeah we we see that more and more that um corporate real estate functions are um centralized usually typically in a headquarters kind of function reporting into the finance organization so that's been um a development that has been underway from um companies also where previously maybe the business lines themselves had responsibility for their portfolio to a more um targeted and streamlined approach and that role still was very focused on managing assets and costs and the according metrics to that so it's usually cost per square meter and square meter per full time employee but what we've seen under the recent events is that the corporate real estate profile has pretty much been enhanced and in two distinct ways one being um that it has become more operational where the real estate managers needed to align with their IT and IR peers to um make remote working as seamlessly possible as was possible at the time with the tools that the employees needed so we have the dimension of being 
more connected to other stakeholders in the company and being hands-on on tasks of actually um, crucial importance to business continuity. And at the same time, the value of corporate real estate has been re-established in companies and of the corporate real estate management as well. So suddenly those people were in the limelight and um, their influence in terms of strategic decisions has grown as well. So there is for the tomorrow, for our future of workplaces, there's huge tasks where the tools still need to follow, the tools that will support the performance um, management and the measurements that um, go into that. Mm. Yeah, and one of the key words there that, that stands out to me in the tomorrow aspect, right, is this flexibility um, yeah. word as well. I think that's... It's a massive issue going forward. If, if, if this year has taught us anything, it's that we need flexible uh, real estate, right, in, in our enterprise. Definitely, yes. The flexibility and also a bit of, um, yeah, openness to trying new approaches and to, to go out there and find what is suitable for the company. And to do that, not blindfolded, mm -hmm. but to do that relying on data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just uh, to remind everybody, in case anyone joined late, um, if you look in the chat box, you'll see a link to where you can download the white paper we're discussing today. So I think that'll be a useful uh, guide for you, obviously, for now as we're talking about it, but also, you know, in the future as well, because there's some really interesting information in there. So let's go on to my next slide, which is about the hierarchy of needs, in this case, the real estate hierarchy of needs. And, you know, much like, of course, the more famous Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's, it's a taxonomy of needs and opportunities in real estate. Um, from the bottom, what we've called core needs through space needs and uh, up at the top to uh, productivity needs. Um, so what we're looking at here really is this base of the pyramid, what I would say is um, physiological, right? Um, the core needs that are applicable to all people in buildings. And as we go up to the top, um, it shows this kind of self-actualization needs around more things, around productivity and collaboration that are a narrower set um, of building owners and operators are currently pursuing. So obviously we're all... Uh, pretty much anyone with, with a portfolio, of course, is interested in energy and optimization, um, safety and security. These are all of the, the core functions. Um, but we all want to, of course, strive towards productivity needs as well. So I guess, Sabine, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on this hierarchy of needs? Do you have any takeaways here for, for Yeah, for I mean, listening? it's pretty much what, what we've seen um, or what we've experienced with um, peers and clients is that the core needs are the areas where people already have tools um, because that's the basic of portfolio management that you have that in line. But now um, other value dimensions of the office, the um, ability of an office to provide a sense of community, to provide an adequate space to collaborate, to provide a sense of belonging, to transfer branding of the company, we realize now that this is extremely important as well. And that's why I actually believe that this pyramid, this hierarchy of needs will be turned upside down because companies are realizing they may have really beautifully efficient buildings, but nobody's occupying them currently. And what people are missing is engaging with their colleagues, is having a space to come to, to have communication and to exchange. So these aspects of employee well-being and metrics related to that will become increasingly important. And again, the data collection 
of today is not yet necessarily reflecting that. We've seen a lot of companies doing um, customer surveys now to, to get um, a pulse check with their employees. And I think that's something that will remain to be there. And um, to that um, subjective, um, opinion, opinionated um, results, you'd probably want to add more evidence-based data as well to get a holistic picture of those productivity and space needs to build again, more flexible and better adapted workplaces in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some great points there. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting to think about how this will develop over time. I mean, from our research, we definitely are seeing, um, obviously, the cornies. I mean, that's something we've been tracking for a long time, but um, certainly more, a lot of the work we've been doing over the last couple of years is looking at the, the yellow part here, space needs, space analytics, and, and eventually moving up into productivity. I'm sure we'll be covering that um, um, over the next few years. Uh, just a chat here from someone who says they can't see the white paper. Uh, sorry about that. I don't know if the link is working or not, but I guess as well, if you go to the Lockerty uh, website, lockerty.com, you'd be able to, to find it there as well if you, if you can't see it on that link. So next slide is a um, graphic that we produced for, for this white paper, um, which we've called the metrics wheel. Um, so let me just sort of describe what we're looking at here. Um, CRE professionals need to determine which business results matter most and select an, and report on key performance indicators accordingly. The most important metrics to support their narrative and mission need to be identified before tools and technology to collect, manage, and analyze this data can be selected. And I think that is just, for me anyway, personally, that's, that's a massive point. I think often we see, we see people doing it the other way around, right? That they want to collect the data or do the technology bit first without having the, um, the, key, the KPIs or to really understand what they want to do with the data. Um, today, you know, there are increasingly now a range of tools available to help um, management amass this kind of knowledge and information and look at turning it into actionable um, intelligence. So topics such as employee satisfaction and company productivity are emerging now as goals for today's corporate real estate managers. As work is becoming more flexible, especially this year, you know, where, when, and how work is being done are all strong implications on metrics such as worker satisfaction and company health. So if we look specifically at the, at the pink um, part of, of our wheel here. Um, this looks at human centric metri metrics solutions to ensure that the most efficient use of space in off office buildings has been available. Um, and, you know, this has been, this kind of stuff's been around for a few years now, IOT driven occupancy and location analytics platforms. And they've evolved to provide more accurate insight into critical context of, you know, where revealing basically previously hidden patterns in the actual use of space. And I've seen many examples now of the, the value in that and being able to know, you know, uh, really how it's working. So, yeah, Sabine, what, do you, what are your kind of key, takeaway, key takeaways here for metrics? Um, yeah. I mean, they, as you see, the wheel's big, so there's many options available as for what you could measure and follow up upon. I think it's very important that the metrics um, that you look at are actually meaningful to the business goal your company has, because otherwise you're measuring stuff that's not really um, fostering the company's mission. So that's going to be to be one thing to pay attention to and then actually to make sure if you decided on certain metrics that you can measure them continuously so that it's not a one-off but that you can actually do comparisons of data and how you're improving how your initiatives are um, successful or unsuccessful to validate what you're doing and then also 
to make sure that those metrics are actionable. Because if you're measuring something and you have data available, but you can't really do anything about it, it's really not worth the effort to get the tool and to measure it. Um, so that's basically my suggestion on how to, to tackle this wheel. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess it could look a little bit daunting um, at the start, right? But I think, you know, if, if you look at, read it from the inside out, and I think it makes, it, it starts to make some, make sense. And I think there's some, you can pick out some really interesting, um, interesting things here. Um, Definitely, yeah. yeah. So let's go on and discuss the next part, right? Which is this mapping of metrics against um, some software tools. So, you know, the white paper contains um, three tables uh, which map respectively, number one in the pink there, you know, and obviously this um, relates back to the, uh, the wheel we just looked at before, human-centric metrics, building operations and maintenance metrics and portfolio management metrics. And then we try and then draw the, um, uh, the relationship there to the types of software and digital tools that are available to support this kind of data-driven approach. Um, so we just here in this slide picked out um, a few examples. Um, what you'll see in the white paper is much more, um, is you know, a full analysis of everything you've seen in that wheel. Um, so the purpose here is sort of not to give an exhaustive list of providers of solutions or sort of any endorsement, but it's really just to illustrate some examples of digital tools that are available, um, either because, you know, an interviewee um, mentioned them or that um, we know from our research that they're being used um, in corporate real estate. So we pulled out um, an example, um, as I said, from each of them, and um, we can look at the first one here, space management. Um, I mean, how we've described this here is space utilization uh, in the use case and questions answered. So what, is it, what does it do, right? What, are we, uh, what questions can we answer here? Well, um, by building and by floor, we can look at capacity peak and average utilization, uh, demand forecasting per building and portfolio. So these are the kind of things that we can, uh, the metrics we can be looking at. Um, and there we put some examples um, on the right-hand side of, uh, of vendors that can help you do that. So um, Sabine, do you wanna talk about some of your experiences here? Um, how would you go about prioritizing software um, in, uh, in CRE management? Yeah, so I can only add on to what I've said before. You're, the starting point is going to be um, to have clear objectives of what you want to measure and why you want to measure it. And then the second thing is not to get technology for the sake of technology, but to really mirror what your needs are with the available solution and what caters them best and not to um, go too fancy, probably, especially when you assess the current state that you're in. So you would look at the processes and the system landscape that you already have and would um, look for how this technology sits within it, who could actually, um, well, use it, who will benefit from it, and who will have to help you implement it. And another aspect there is going to be to get your internal stakeholders on board as early as possible, so that IT, for example, can chip in on what's actually possible, which integrations will they allow, which data population, where could data storage be handled. So this should be squared away before you decide um, what you actually want to go with. And then also, um, I mean, there are so many great options available out there. And sometimes it might not be the most um, sophisticated solution that actually fits your needs when you're when the whole real estate organization is on, um, yeah, I'd say an earlier stage in the technology maturity curve. So if you've been working with um, 
with axle population and these kind of things might maybe already benefit you to get a simple tool to um, add additional data before you really go for a business intelligence tool where you have everything included. So to reach your end goal, then you would outline a roadmap in stages and implementing one by one at the time, testing, making sure it really fits your needs and then um, move forward from there. Mm. No, that's some excellent advice. I think we've seen that as well with people we've talked to. Um, that, you know, the potential there, especially with, not with all technology, of course, but with some different um, technologies, you know, you can test them out, right? It doesn't have to be some kind of portfolio-wide um, installation, right? You can maybe test it on one floor in a building or part of a floor in a building, yeah. see, you know, see what's working for you, what isn't working. Um, is that something you've done with, with clients? Yes, we continue to do so, actually. <laughs> Okay, uh, had a question come in here, and that's a good reminder, actually, anybody out there who has questions will be entering the Q&A part soon. So um, get your questions in now, and I'll be able to put them to Sabine, or if you've got something for me as well. Uh, how does uh, current state of technology implementation look like compared to forecasts? Um, I think, you know, I mean, I, I, if you want, Sabine, I'll just take this and then you can add it, um, add anything if you want. I mean, really, of course, depending on what technology, uh, it, it isn't, um, you know, one size kind of fits all in terms of what forecast looks like or what the Im implementation looks like. But I mean, if I just take the one that we've just discussed, space management, I mean, we did some research on that earlier in the year. Um, it's looking really um, a really interesting space at the moment and um, we are predicting growth and actually COVID doesn't look like um, really it's going to change our projection that much. Um, you know, it's actually, if anything, you know, these kind of metrics measuring and getting this kind of data is even more useful, um, you know, in the kind of post-COVID uh, arena that we're going to be moving into soon. For, for real estate. Uh, any thoughts on that, Sabine? Yeah, so what, what we've experienced with a lot of our clients, but also with um, a lot of colleagues I've talked to is actually that barriers to um, the acquisition of technology have been removed. And that people or corporate real estate managers had to act swiftly. Um, and implement tools necessary quite quickly. And the importance of those um, tools has been more um, visible to other stakeholders in the company, which made it easier to move forward with projects. And um, actually to quote from someone is that um, the stage they're in now with the technology implemented and that includes i mean the digital tools that you use to organize your daily schedule with virtual meetings and these kind of things as well and now um, increasingly utilization metrics as well to handle um, social distancing and a safe return to work and all these kinds of things um, that the company would have gotten there um, in a couple of years, but that uh, the current situation has really moved them ahead very quickly. And that, that makes it available for them to um, yeah, have data now and to make that also accessible to their staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, excellent points there. Um, I thought maybe before we move on, we could look at one more of these, uh, these examples we've got here. Um, we look at the yellow um, table, building operations and maintenance metrics. Um, they're the second one, facility brand facilities and cleaning metrics. I think that's certainly an interesting one at the moment. Um, so use cases and questions answered there, frequency and efficiency of cleaning and building user satisfaction with cleanliness of the work environment. So, you know, there's something um, that I'm sure a lot of owners and operators of buildings are really interested in at the moment. And there is one example there of uh, the sort of software provider who can do that kind of thing. 
So yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, from our point of view, that's what we want you to use um, this white paper for is really just to help you um, and use it as, as a way of, of navigating this kind of quite complex, you know, picture of digital transformation. You know, if there are certain things that you really want to measure or you don't know what you need to be measuring, you know, maybe you can use this to, to identify those. And I think hopefully it should provide um, some value. Uh, Sabine, anything else that you wanted to talk about on this slide? No, I think you've made a good point here. Um, I mean, it was supposed to show that there are many options out there that you could pick from and um, that, yeah, that you need to, to really find out what is it that you want to do and what tool can help that. Because I just saw actually in the chat box a question, what are common pitfalls of mm -hmm. the um, implementation of technology? And that is, from my point of view, really over-engineering things when they could be simple. Mm, okay. And also to um, think of it um, not only in a short term, but to have in mind what you'd want to do with the tool going forwards. Okay. Do you want to um, dig into that a little bit? Like, have you seen examples of this going wrong or, um, or being done in the right way than being done in the wrong way? Well, I've personally had the experience of implementation of a lease database, but that's um, kind of out of scope of what we've discussed today. Oh, but there, there were kind of some competing interests of different um, departments in the tech um, RFP, actually. So it was hard to find a tool that would tick off all the boxes. So actually the homework would have been on us internally first to decide to strip down to the bare essentials and not make it too complicated because we wouldn't have found any provider that could have ticked off all the boxes. Mm. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, so what would have happened in that situation then? You'd have had to have gone and looked um, for, I mean, I mean, in some ways you might have to, to develop or try and do some integrations there with other, you know, bring different types of software together. And what, what did you end up doing? Um, we did end up doing exactly what I said. We took the proposals that we got at that point and um, set together internally with the departments that were invested in that tool. And um, we all had to cut some of our requirements down and um, kind of marry them, which would go together and actually have a look at the data available because at some points we just um, figured, oh, it would be nice to have this also in this tool all the while we did have the data in other tools already in the company. So it would have been a duplicate. We just felt it would have been nice to include it, but we could work with it being separately still. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. A question that's come in. I think it would be good to devise a plan for the planning of new builds that looks at planning what technologies might be beneficial to supporting users rather than a retrofit to somehow make a dumb building smart. Do you have any experience or recommendations there? Uh, Sabine, do you think, um, do you see a lot of differences between retrofit and a new build? Um, I mean, uh, this is obviously right that if you get to build new, um, that you look ahead at what you'd ideally have in the building. And again, be responsible with that really, um, or reasonable with that mirroring, are people actually going to use things that are implemented? Because I've heard of uh, new constructions where there is super fancy technology in, and nobody's really making a lot of use of it. So that's definitely, um, that stands true, rings true to me to, to make sure if you get the chance to have a build to suit, um, that you make it yours and implement what you need from the start. And um, well, to make dumb building smart, um, 
I'm actually, I'm thinking it's, when it comes to, and, and I've touched upon that, the human experience, the employee experience with buildings, it's not about having world-class buildings, but about making the most of what you have. And there might be tools and technologies that do make sense. I mean, it really depends on the state of the building and how easy it is. It also needs to make sense um, in terms of the cost that you have to invest. So the investment still has to pay off. Um, but a nice um, comparison was actually, you know, in those startup environments, people will work in a garage on the floor. They don't care about um, the workplace experience that much because the experience itself gives them so much purpose mm. and um, feeling of connectivity and belonging. So I think also in a dump building, you can create that if I can lend that term of the of the dump building here yeah that you made great point there like about this sense of belonging right <clears throat> I mean I always like using that analogy of um I don't know if everyone knows about it but uh CrossFit like yeah. this type of of training and you know they um I think it was started in the U.S. right but the, the sort of yeah. like very specific type of um of training you know that is pretty high intense high intensity but it's almost like the total antidote or the total opposite of um like the clean sterile sort of gym stroke spa environment right which you think that's what everyone wants but ultimately they proved that you know there is there was and is still like this market for um a deeper experience in a way right like the you know, you go into a CrossFit gym and it's literally like, you know, it could be just a basement um, with with really, really poor facilities, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day for the people there. In fact, it's almost like part of the experience. Like they feel part and belong to, you know, that particular gym and like this, uh, this kind of, um, I'm going to describe it, but like tribe almost in a way, right? Of like people who want, who do, uh, physical activity differently. There's this concept of super drivers that that's saying there is a couple of things that really drive employee well-being and experience. And if you get them right, the rest really doesn't matter. Mm. And what those super drivers is might differ from company to company, depending on the culture and nature of work that's been done. Um, but once you find that out, you can, yeah, you can invest in those points and make sure you tick off on them because then other things might be forgiven. Yeah. Uh, let me just um, answer that question as well. Like, um, with, with new bills, I, I think it is really interesting. I mean, first of all, with retrofit, like, you know, there are now a lot of companies coming to market with, with you know, maybe uh, SaaS solutions where you can, you can, you know, implement some smart building concepts and, and technology and, and it's not particularly difficult to install um, or doesn't have to be particularly expensive. So there are ways to do retrofit, I think, um, or at least to try it but but obviously like with with the new build it's um and planning um for what technologies might be beneficial to the user i mean we've always said and we wrote like a whole report on this about future proofing commercial building is that you know at the moment really you know the way that the construction industry is set up um, um and how we deliver you know new building projects is really not conducive at the moment um, to uh, delivering uh, technology. And it's, it's not the fault of technology. It's just, you know, the way that like these contracts of work are split up and who's responsible for it. And, and um, construction, new construction, is still, you know, quite a, a, an exercise in mitigating risk. Um, and that's where all of these contracts come in. Um, so things are changing, though. You know, we're seeing um, interesting um, owners, operators um, who are uh, and are building really, really cool, interesting smart buildings. 
Um, but they are at an advantage, right? You know, if you're an owner operator. Um, but yeah, like definitely go on our website. We've got loads, uh, we've written loads about that kind of stuff. Uh, couple, some more questions here. Um, Sabine, can you provide some examples of digital connectivity metrics that clients are tracking? Are there some, you have some examples with your clients? Um, I'm not sure I got this correctly. Is it digital connectivity metrics in terms of how tools communicate with each other or is it connectivity um, concerning employees? Um, yeah, not, uh, it's not specified in the question, but maybe you can, maybe let's take the second one maybe, I don't know, with connectivity of within the building maybe. Yeah. Um, so what we're seeing increasingly is that um, at least our clients have an interest in sharing the data they are populating. Again, we're looking at utilization data um, with the employees as well so that they can benefit from it and they integrate that into their employee apps, for example. So um, where you would find information on um, the canteen's menu in your employee app, you would also find um, how many seats are available today, where can you find your team, and these kind of information all tied together. So, um, yeah, that's that's at least the the connectivity experience that that I'm seeing that there's huge interest to to marry benefits for different stakeholders in the company so that so when the real estate team has the data to look at, but at the same time they they're making it available to everyone and be are being very transparent with it as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, another question here. Um, Dana, this might be a little bit technical, but let's see what we can do with it. Uh, what, which are the most common data routing and ownership patterns in smart buildings? Are corporate real estate stakeholders okay with providers delivering cellular connectivity and data hosting on external cloud? Um, there's another bit here as well, but um, I'll get that, in, that interesting point about providers delivering cellular connectivity. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll talk, I mean, we've spoken to some clients, you know, big kind of multinationals. Um, I think some of them might have a, have a problem with that. Um, I mean, for example, we do, uh, you know, when, you know, IT uh, departments are increasingly involved and have a massive say in some of these projects that happen, smart building projects. So, um, anything that, that is going to get installed is going to have to go through them. Um, and I guess it just really depends on the company's policies, right? Um, you know, um, whether they expect everything to be um, wired and go through their existing infrastructure or whether they're okay with cellular, cellular connectivity, kind of, you know, this on a different network. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's examples of both. Is, there, is that something you guys have come across how do you think um, stakeholders react to these these kind of different um, architectures? Yeah, so so we this is a constant discussion we're actually having, and I was about to say, well, the corporate real estate stakeholders are okay with with yeah. it because usually they are not um, the ones who are. Um, I don't want to say that they're not knowledgeable, but that's not their um, their expertise to evaluate network um, connectivity. Mm. But there's usually for larger corporations, um, very explicit um, IT security rules that you have abide by and that probably need to be, um, I don't wanna say negotiated, but that you have to find a way um, how it works for the company. So there's usually, <laughs> there's signing of documents on data privacy and where data is stored and these kind of things. Um, and um, I think in some, some times it might not work if there's actually this force, which I'm reading here as well, to root through their own network and the, the, the tool provider can't do it, then this collaboration will probably not fly. Yeah. But I think um, it can usually be, 
be discussed um, in an open conversation what the abilities are on both sides and where they could meet. So I wouldn't say it's one way or the other in general, but that companies handle it differently and have different um, corporate guidelines in place on what they will accept and what not. Typically, yeah. banks and insurances are super strict on um, their data and other companies uh, are more open. Typically, IT companies would be more open to implement um, open networks as well. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a good assessment. I think the only thing I'd add would be, you know, actually, I think the situation's probably got got a lot better in recent years. Like, um, I think, you know, going back a while, you know, when we started looking at these markets, memory that, you know, actually, IT IT departments really weren't weren't interested in um, building automation data. You know, it just saw it as a, an annoyance and uh, not something else that they had to. Be responsible for they didn't want to take responsibility but i think that's definitely changing um so i've got a uh, question here um but if anyone else has some questions please put them in the q a they are um, anonymous so you don't have to be shy just uh, can ask us anything really go for it uh, Sabine, I mean, how do you, given where we are now, um, coming to the end of 2020, and obviously, you know, this year has been dominated by uh, health pandemic. I mean, if, how do you think that's affected the CRE management landscape? I mean, it certainly sort of had an impact on on this white paper. But what do you what do you see as uh, as going forward for next year? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to to what I've mentioned earlier regarding technology implementation in um, companies. Also, the workplace um, strategy has gotten a huge push. Mm. So, I mean, things like flexible working, activity-based working have been around for the last decade, but for many, many companies, they didn't ever really fly on a broader base going beyond pilots of um, certain offices just because the acceptance for for this kind of remote working wasn't that high and the trust also maybe wasn't there but now with this um yeah if you can call it so with this experiment that we've all been forced into we pretty clearly saw and corporate real estate managers could prove the point that this flexible working approach and allowing people to work remotely when it makes sense to the type of work they're doing um, is an approach that makes sense to companies because in a lot of research as well on this um, when employees have been asked the ratings on their own productivity usually are pretty good some even enjoy being away from their colleagues from time to time um, because you can do focus work so much better mm. and then also for um for for having calls you don't necessarily need to go to the office i mean it's like i'm handling it currently as well if i know i'm having call after call it doesn't really matter if i'm in the office or if i'm at home provided again that i have a quiet environment at home where i can do that not everybody um, has access to that so the importance of the office has not been diminished to a point where you would say offices have become abundant in the future, but the purpose of the office has very much changed. And that you've brought it up again, James, very much ties back to what I've said before. I think um, the hierarchy of needs of what a workplace is supposed to provide has been already turned upside down and will change going forward. So companies are now looking more at um, what do we need to provide in the office so that people um, want to come back. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, the office will now be have more competition in a way, right? We've got to want to make people come back to the office, not just, um, you know, Give them a give them a good reason. Give them the best collaboration experience that they can have, exactly. because they can do the normal stuff at home quite quite easily. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I think one thing when we talk about corporate real estate, we oftentimes think, and I think we've mentioned it before, is we oftentimes think in terms of density metrics and cost metrics. And I think we need to move away from that because in the current situation, nobody's thinking about putting more employees in an office, putting more desks in a space, um, but making a reasonable use of space and providing an environment that, um, that employees enjoy and that um, contributes to what they are trying to do, that contributes more to um, the serendipity of meetings, like when you are discussing spontaneously an idea and these kind of things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can see, obviously, we, you know, I think this illustration of the hierarchy of needs does a good job of kind of explaining explaining this right in a way um, you know as we move up the, the the pyramid from flexible space well um, unless anyone has any burning questions um, if you do feel free to put them in now but we've pretty much come to the end um, and I'll finish I think by just saying uh, of course um, for those that came late, maybe, you know, we have, we've been discussing this white paper. There's a lot more information in there. You can see the full list of, uh, of um, metrics um, and, um, and, you know, the, the graphics that we've displayed here. So I would encourage you to go and download it. Um, I would put a link in the, you'll get an email um, tomorrow. Um, and I'll make sure we put a link into it then. But if you want to read it now, go to the Lockerty website. And I did put a, um, a link in the, in the chat box as well. Um, so yeah, of course, thank you for your time. If you want to get hold of Lockerty, there are their inf uh, details. Uh, and likewise, if you want to speak to someone at memory, then uh, you can contact us um, here as well, support.memory.com. Um, other things, yes, we have recorded this, so it will be um, coming on our website soon and it will be up on YouTube as well, uh, we'll where you'll be able to see the slides. Um, so feel free to share it with your colleagues if you thought that this was useful. Um, and of course, subscribe to um, our content as well. So you can visit our website, memory.com, uh, and um, You'll see all our articles there, but equally you go to YouTube as well on our channel, you can subscribe and various other social media um, bits and pieces we have. Sabine, anything else you want to add? Of course, I just want to say to you, thank you for your time today. Uh, really You're interesting welcome. conversation. Um, if people have any burning questions for you, what's, um, can, they, can they get hold of you? What would be the best way? Sure, they could either use the Lockerty information or find me on LinkedIn as well. Great. Um, yeah, um, that I think is, is wraps it up for today. Um, again, thank you everyone for listening. Um, and uh, yeah, go and download the white paper. <laughs> Thanks, Sabine. Thank you, James. Bye. Bye.